Hello and welcome to this special edition, although it won't be very special for very long because we're going to do this from time to time. Record slash podcast, whatever you want to call it, that's what we're going to be doing. And this will be a recorded program from time to time. We're still going to be live much of the time, maybe most of the time. We'll just see how things play out. And we certainly want to take your comments, questions, so shoot those over to Dave at PetsoFinancial.net, or you can just send them to our general website. And also, if you do like the podcasts, you can always go back. We have a pile of them, and there have been something like uh, 40,000-plus listens over the years. So uh, apparently a popular way of delivering it, so we're going to try it, all right? And we'll still be live, so hold on to your questions. Shoot them over, whatever, and we'll hang on to them, and maybe we'll choose to answer some of them during our recordings, okay? With that, I, I, the direction I think I want to go this, this particular day is not different from most days. Uh, it's just something that really is something we talk about all the time at the office and how much fun it is to watch people come in and who are really wound up tight. They're just really, I and they've got their note books out and it's got to be this and they pencil everything in and how over the years that's because they get old they just kind of go yeah why am I so wound up about this you know and and that kind of a shift and maybe it's just that shift that we all really look for and people hope for because that's when we've reached the highest level as advisors right it's when people go I just really don't worry about this anymore. It doesn't mean they don't look, that they don't check in once in a while. They just don't own it. They don't own that big weight on the back of their shoulders. Like, what's the market going to do? What do you think's going to happen? Should I go listen to some more Glenn Beth and fig- Beck and figure out when the end of the world is? Maybe that'll help me manage my money. Of course it doesn't. It just makes you all upset and fussed and it's not good. And when people can let go of that, it really is... It's magic to see. It's what we all hope for is peace in our life. And money can be very unpeaceful to people. As ironic, weird as that is, it really is since we live in the most abundant time man has been on earth. We, we have more people here. We have more knowledge. We clearly have more abundance by every measure under the sun. And I know there's people out there already going, yeah, but what about inflation? What about the people that have two jobs? I got it. I'm talking about the overall, the average. I'm not saying compared to Elon Musk, many people are really in hardship here. Of course they are and always have been, but even to a wider degree. But that's not the way we see it. And it's not rational. It's just simply not true. It's like looking at the world and saying, man, I just pined for the good old days. Man, it was so great, you know. And, you know, like you like it was somehow great in pioneer America and we have this picture of dad sitting around reading the Bible to the kids and something like that is really an amazing picture. No, probably the, the baby is about to die of whooping cough or something like that because most kids didn't live to adulthood, for crying out loud. That's really true. How we look back, like that's always oh, a simpler time and a better time. It might have been a simpler time because people just died. That doesn't make it a better time, for crying out loud. And women were abused on every single level. It was absurd. And certainly if you were a person of color, it was even worse. It just makes no sense. We'd sit around and talk about how bad or how racist or how anything is. And then we spend all day long thinking about this. And it's just not rational. You know, I've been listening to 
uh, a, a book on tape. I, I, it's called The Rational Optimist, and I'm already like having to go back and re-listen to some amazing thoughts, amazing data points of time. The truth is, it just keeps getting better. And the way I, I think about that with the market, and we'll talk about this a lot in the second hour, is really the reality of the markets over the years. And, 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 but we can't seem to look at it. We st still are out there going, well, what do you think is going to happen to interest rates? I don't know. What do you think is going to happen to the market? I don't know. Had that, I, I had that asked this morning. Oh, yeah, two or three times this morning. What do you think about the market? And it's just like, well, I think it's going to be, the market's going to go down. Now, this comment came from somebody that, like, basically doesn't even look at the account. That basically doesn't ever watch CNBC. Thank goodness, that makes her a much better investor. But the reality is, there's absolutely nothing to base it on. Zero. But people have an opinion. It's like, do I have an opinion about my upcoming surgery. Actually, no, I don't. I don't, and I don't have a surgery. Don't get me wrong. I'm just making this up. But do I do I tell my doctor I, I have an opinion about the what, what kind of medicine we should be prescribing me for whatever ails me? I don't have an opinion about that. That's I'm I'm not educated to have an opinion about that. But it is fascinating to me that people have an opinion about the market. Why or where interest rates are going? Why? It doesn't make any sense. We all have to feel like we have to have, have an opinion and guess what's happening. Well, I'm looking at a chart right now where we're, we're, that goes back 20 years, and this is what economists collectively thought about the direction interest rates would go over a six-month period of time. And the answer is, now remember, what you're really talking about is up or down, and this is what we do for a living is we're economists. Boy, are we smart. Oh, boy, I can't wait to talk in front of the big audience for dinner and all that stuff. It's great. We want to know what the economist thinks for, you know, Wells Fargo's economist and all that stuff. And what are interest rates going to do? They're wrong two-thirds of the time, almost. I don't want to exaggerate. It's only 63% of the time. I guess it's better than two-thirds. Wrong. Not right two-thirds of the time. I would have thought it was like absurd that the idea that economists can't be right on the direction of interest rates over a six-month period of time should be like, <laughs> can you believe they're wrong like one out of ten times? This isn't shouldn't be hard. And then we say, well, that's just economists. Well, what about the Federal Reserve? How, what, right on target here for the last couple of years, haven't they been? No. Their own targets are wrong all of the time. So why do we predict it? I don't know. I don't know. We just refinanced some debt at uh, our club. And rates are higher. And then one of the fellows here, a former banker, he says, you know, I think interest rates are going to be coming down. So, and I said, you know, I, I just, the only thing I'm, I, I want to say with that is that we don't know. So let's plan for the same interest rates, not that we can refinance in a couple of years at lower rates. And if it turns out to be good, great. But predicting just makes us all look silly. And that's the point of the market. You don't have to. You totally don't have to. It, like, works without predictions. Actually better than with predictions. Because then you would, like, sell, buy, sell, buy, be based on predictions that are wrong 51% of the time. And based on your feelings, which are wrong even more than that. Way more than that. Because our feeling is 
if Trump gets in office or if JoJo wins again, oh my gosh, then we've got Kamala, she's going to be the president, and then we're all going to die, and we'll, become, we'll be speaking Chinese. And Okay, that's pretty helpful to picking stocks, is putting our feelings in the way of that. Of course it's not helpful. It's terrible. We don't ever want to do that, and it's a natural way to float that way. But when we think about it, we, we need to try to find peace of mind. And talking with an individual to find peace of mind is obvi obviously a good thing because you're talking with somebody. Maybe you think of it as counseling. That's fine. People talk through their problems and they feel better about it. Kids talk to their parents if they have a good relationship about things that are very personal, very hard, and very helpful because they know they're being helped. And when it comes to financial advice, it's not as easy as, that's all right, I'll just buy the S&P 500 and go home. That's fine if you could actually live that, do that, and know how to take income out, balance a portfolio. And few do. And few can't seem to walk around without the burden of it. It's not good. So it's not here to sell you on a financial advisor. We'll talk all about that down the road. The idea is to find peace in your life about things you have a hard time finding peace about. All right, I have to take a quick break. When we come back, more, well, frankly, more of the same. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to our recording podcast type thing here for Money Matters. And, of course, we're going to do these ongoing, and we are also going to be doing live programs. So shoot your questions over to dave at petsofinancial.net. Go to petsofinancial.com. You can get emails to us. Also, prior programs, articles, calculators, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, talking about this peace of mind, which is, isn't that kind of what we all want to have, is that zen-like feeling about life, and it's really hard to get anywhere in anything, except with, you know, of course, medication that, seems to help some people. But the reality is we don't feel that way day to day. We don't necessarily wake up in a peaceful state. And we certainly then turn around and we go, I wonder what the news is, which is not news. It's biased reporting anymore. We all know that. And it's almost always negative. If it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. We all know that. But literally, they do studies and show that well over 90% of all news articles are negative. But that's our input. We feel like that's our information of the day. That's the data point of the day that we want to keep in, in putting into ourselves. And it makes no sense. We, 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 it pushes us further from a sense of peace, number one, which I believe we all are seeking. Number two is, a, is really a data point of what happened yesterday of politicians yelling and screaming at each other going to help you manage your life in any particular way? I think not. I think it makes us all much more negative. And it's very hard to go find some balance as well. So in the second hour, I'm going to talk about more about this optimism and pessimism in, in more detail because I think it's really important to our investing to think of things actually clearly. And I've said this, well, for 30 years, the only realism is optimism. It always works. Always. All the time. All the time. 
and actually just being a pessimist, I mean, so it, I can't tell you how many times over the 30 years that people are so convinced of the end of this and the end of that that it's just they can't get out of that loop of death or, or death of your mind anyway it, it, where they just can't get out of it. They can't see any, anything good, and so they have to go buy gold. They have to put money in an equity index annuity, and they live in fear instead of like trying to conquer this thing. They just live in it. They relish it in some ways. It's, it's like this doomsday mentality that it, it's never been true, but it's, it's true to them. And this overwhelming pessimism, well, it, it's not very much fun. You really, if you're, if you're caught there, trust me, why don't you ask your family how, how, they, how they like to have discussions about the world ending and devaluing currency and fun stuff like that all the time. They don't. But it is not helping anybody invest more importantly. And it doesn't help you clear your mind and see things that you need to be seeing. The world is becoming more abundant all the time. And in fact, at an ever-increasing pace, it is getting better more quickly. But we're seeing it as a more unfair world. It's like we, we can't we can't have any contentment in our world. Okay, don't worry. We're not going to get into the spiritual connection of that. I think that's incredibly important, and we all need to examine that in our own life, why we can't just be content with what we have. We're always searching for more. And there's nothing wrong with the search of self-improvement, but sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and actually getting an extra big, pretty car really isn't that big a deal. You need to be content. You'll manage your life better. You'll be happier. But when we think about this, when we think about the progress in life and the progress of life expectancies, health, oh, yeah, but who wants to live to be 100 and in a nursing home dribbling on themselves? Well, the answer is hardly anybody ever does. That's just not how, what's happening. People live to be 80, and they're going all over. My dad is just turned 82 years old, 82. And he works here. He just got back from a two-week cruise to Italy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's really happy about all the heart medicines that have kept him alive for the last 40-plus years. He's living. It's crazy. Anyway, my point is, is that we are living better. We truly are. And I'll give you some more things to think about in the next hour. I hope you'll stick around. We're going to talk about that because we have to. We have to be thinking about this in a rational way. Pining for yesterday is absurd. It was not very nice yesterday. It really wasn't. All right, we'll be back for with hour number two upcoming. Hello and welcome to this uh, special edition of Money Matters, kind of a podcast format, if you will. Uh, and we're going to try this out a little bit. And we're also going to do live. So if you have questions, shoot them over. PetzoFinancial.com. We also have other podcasts there from previous programs, as well as articles and calculators to help you in your own financial conquest. All right. We've been talking about optimism, and I always talk about optimism, because optimism is the only realism. I know, for those of you who are pessimists and you don't think you really are, you think you're pragmatic or whatever it is, those of you pessimists don't agree. 
I'm not sure why. Uh, it's the same as this book I've been listening to called The Rational Optimist. As it points out, there's something in our wiring, and it isn't just caveman worrying about saber-toothed tigers. There's something wrong in our modern life that we can't see the reality of how good overall human progress has been. It's been phenomenal, and it's going, it's accelerating even faster every single decade. Pretty soon it'll be every single year. It, it, it used to take 50 years to only you know, double the standard of living in America, which is true. And yet people talk about this. Like, like it was really great to live without a, like a, an indoor toilet in your house. Like somehow that was an awesome thing. It was okay that children died before they reached adulthood. None of this is okay, and I don't think anybody thinks it is. But we just perceive that as somehow a simpler time, a less, if you will, racist time, which, of course, that's not true either. And women are, we're, we're used to, oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't even get to vote, let alone, what if they really were abused? Where'd they go? Or did we all just pretend that we didn't hear anything going on next door? We didn't notice the bruising. We didn't notice that somebody's attitude had changed greatly because maybe they were assaulted. Yeah, it was really great back then. People were so nice helping out their neighbors. No more is, this just isn't real. And we somehow put this and impose this on top of investing. Like, now we're going to go to digital currency and it's all going to die. And this affects really smart people. We talk about this all the time. Like, where did that come from so when a client comes up with something like that, right? We, I, we expect, I expect it all the time. I expect people to call up this program and others because this, this station's bombarded with people uh, trying to sell gold and all those other things and, and, and equity index annuities and all the stuff that, oh, it's guaranteed and you know, you've got to be safe, super safe, don't worry about it. And all these things, and, and, and people can say anything they want to as long as they don't have licenses and aren't fiduciaries. They can say whatever they want. And they do. And they sell stuff. And I think it's just a different place. I, I started off in sales and I think about this in a different way now because I've been a fiduciary for so long. What's a fiduciary? You have to legally, as well as morally, act on, be on behalf of your clients only. And you are receiving no compensation whatsoever for doing anything in particular. Okay? It's like, oh, we're, we're, we think the best thing to do is go buy a CD right now. We're, we're doing actually bonds for the first time in 15 years at our office. First time in 15 years. Get paid the same as if you do stocks or a mixed portfolio or whatever it is. There's no agenda. And I don't understand why I would give my money to somebody who had an agenda. I, I, I don't understand it. I was looking at an investment today for some very high net worth people. And it had a commission on it. Well, I can't receive a commission. I can't at all. Not allowed to. Received a massive commission. People sometimes call up. They sell something. It's like, well, can we do a 1031 exchange? Yeah, but not with us. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can. And let's talk it through and let's figure out what the best avenue is for you. So that uh, is, 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 is how people work in certified financial planner land, in a registered investment advisory land. That's what we do every day. We all are required to. Or they shut you down. 
So it seems weird and, 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 and to us in this world of I know what I got to do. I got to sell an equity index annuity. So if I scare people, that's great. But, the, but, but as I've always said, right, it's just the only realism is optimism because the world is getting better, not worse. The economic advancements, especially for women and minorities, is, is, is unbelievable, which means more people are spending more money on more stuff so corporations make more money and their stocks go up. But is that what it feels like every day? Does it feel that way when you hunker down at the news and, 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 and listen to the big box tell you stories every day about what's wrong, how it's all going to end, and how that other party across the aisle is, is the worst thing since Satan? Maybe they are. I, it's possible. But you get what I'm saying. These are This is just a really difficult time to have clarity and not talk about becoming a rational optimist. Look at the data. Look how far we've come in 50 years, in the last 10 years. And as we think about the globe, how many people used to literally starve to death, and we totally take this like for granted. Like, oh yeah, it's really weird that the people in Somalia don't starve every year now. It's really bizarre that there aren't quarter of a billion Chinese starving thanks to Mao because he had to, you know, go ahead and sell grain to the Soviets in order to buy nuclear weapons. That's awesome, and so as people die. That's great. Great, greater cause. We don't see that. Doesn't mean evil isn't still in the world, pervasive as heck. Maybe it never goes away. But to sit there and look at these things as, yeah, but we're going to digitalize this, or we're about to do that, or if this party gets into office, the, the markets are going to tank. That's nothing more than political nonsense. It's never been true. And the way I kind of think of it is we've got all this stuff over here, gold and all the fear stuff that comes with that, has never really worked. And then we swing over to this other side and we go, oh, those scary stocks, those risky stocks, jumping all around. We don't want to own what's always worked that as long as you're over 20 years old, have gone up 10% a year, all the years of your life on average. 10. Gold zero. Sorry, it hasn't gone up. Just hasn't. Okay, maybe maybe 0.5%. It just doesn't work. And it produces no dividends. None. The Dow Jones Industrial Average without dividends has gone from 800 to 32,000. Now, that's amazing. Without dividends. By the way, they were both at 800 when I started in the industry in 1980. It's, it works. It works. Isn't the market too high? Is, aren't we, shouldn't we make a prediction about that in interest rates, as I talked about before? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're buying the great corporations of the world if they go down 10% before they go up another 100%, because that's where they're going to go. The next double will occur before it goes out of business. That's what happens. Decade after decade after decade after decade. It always works because humans progress. But if you stop and you think about all the horrible things there are in the world, it's just not being Pollyannish. It's just not to sit there and be rational and be optimistic. It is the only realism. Something wrong with us. There's something so fundamentally broken that in a world with all this information, all this joy, all this entertainment that's available at our fingertips. I mean, imagine 
Okay, the only entertainment you had a few years ago is to read a book. And then it was a radio. And then it was three channels on TV. And if you fell asleep in the chair, you woke up to, right? This station will be back at 6 a.m., whatever it is. Now, you, everything's online. You're not at the football game, but you are. It's on your phone. You, you want to know some piece of information like, Siri, I'd like to hear the nearest restaurant. Uh-oh, something might go off in here. You know, it is crazy how easy it is to have information and how well we live. Think about that. And why wouldn't that translate into better results for corporations? Of course it does. In spite of lunatics in charge in D.C. And yes, I think the politics are completely broken in this country. We've got a blowhard and we've got an incompetent JoJo. This is the best we can come up with with 340 million people. And I'm sure I ticked off some Trump supporters. Who, I don't care. I just want to win. I would like to win an election, and I would not have to have a. I would not like to have a jerk as the president of the United States. It, I, I just don't want that anymore. It was interesting for a while, but he can't shut up, and I just want him to go away. Let's find some other people. And and and, and that's where we are in politics now. And yes, the, the Justice Department and the FBI are corrupt as heck. It's obvious they are. This is terrible, terrible. And we've been here before, and it will be okay again. Was Hoover's FBI good? No, they were not. They were not. They were corrupt as heck. Political as heck. This has been going on in this go-around since Obama. That's not new. The Justice Department is Obama's Justice Department. That changed then. We're still trying to figure out how to get rid of it. But this happened in the 60s and 70s as well. And we got rid of it. We cleaned house. We'll do it again. For those of you worried about a Chinese blah, blah, blah taking over, you know, some kind of global currency between the evil empires of the world, you've got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be insulting here. But this makes no sense. It makes no sense that the world's going to readily embrace evil empires in the world. It makes no sense. And, and, and oh yeah, we want, we want the mafia to take over our global currency. That's going to end well. And the idea that China is going to take over is crazy. It's what everybody thought about Russia. They thought that about the Nazis. It's crazy. It doesn't work. It's why are the markets working so well? Why does the world work so well? We were supposed to be oversupplied with people to the amount of food we could do. Wrong. Oh, yeah, that's just laughable now. It is laughable, but it wasn't then. And to many people, the idea that the world is cleaner than it was 10 and 20 years ago, they just can't wrap their mind around it because they're married to climate change. They're married to the world is going to pollute itself, just the same as the film strip I watched in ninth grade, and I did, telling me the world would be orange. I, by 1980, by the 70s, end of the 70s. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. This is what they taught us. So we went home, and knowing that the world was hopeless, and then when it doesn't happen, then the, then the clock was back for another 10 years. 
and another 10, and another 10. And if we don't do this climate thing, says Al Gore, the whole world's going to be gone in 10 years. That was 20 years ago. And it's cleaner. It's better than it ever was. People live better than they did globally. I know the people of, of Afghanistan don't. But you know there's only four countries in the world who don't have a monstrously higher standard of living, meaning annual income, yes, inflation adjusted for those of you who are keeping score at home. It is, of course, inflation adjusted because everything is. Four countries, that's it. And they're all run by horrible regimes and have been forever. It's terrible in those countries. And we see it from periodic times, right? Like Venezuela we used to be a very oil-rich country. Higher education than anywhere else in South America, I believe. Maybe Brazil, but it was pretty, pretty highly educated. All those people are gone, and the country's wealth is gone, and the people are very poor. So this cycles. But my point being is this. When people diminish the United States of America as our ability to get things done, they miss it. They miss it by a mile. China's going to take over the world. No, they won't. No, they won't. There's no way a central planned government can sustain. It never has, and it won't. Doesn't mean we don't worry about it. Keep them in a box until they implode as well. Got to make sure they don't do too much damage in the world like the Soviets did. Try to keep them in a box because they're going to blow up themselves if they aren't already in the very active process of doing so. It sure feels like it. It looks like it. The debt is imploding, and they seem quite at loss to fix it. So I don't know. That's not another prediction. I don't have to predict China. I just don't want to invest there. That's my prediction. I don't want to invest there. So these are the reasons I need to know about what's going on in the world. Because I don't, you know, well, we want a diversified portfolio of developing markets. Why? 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 That's dominated by China? That's working towards implosion, well, the values are very good. They're good for a reason. They're run by a dictator without rule of law. I don't want to invest there. And every time I've broken my rule, which is like don't invest in China because they don't have rule of law, I get another tax deduction because I get to write off another loss, another stupid idea. Well, you know, Europe is a great one too. Here's what I need to know about Europe. When did they invent anything recently? Hmm. Hmm. What does a socialist place that's very backwards looking, doesn't have small businesses, not a lot of creativity and innovation? Yes, that's right. It's a glorious, beautiful place to visit. Lots of old buildings to look at. And that is not an area on the move. It's not. Yeah, but it's cheap. I know for a reason. We are 5% of the population in America. 5. 25% of the world's GDP. Inconceivable. Really, it's inconceivable. And we police the world. We are unbelievable. We are truly amazing. And to diminish that and worry about something like a digital currency or whatever it is is crazy. Fight the good fight. We need to. The world needs good people fighting for the right things. And I know the world's upside down. It totally is. 
but it doesn't change how many iPhones Apple will sell next quarter. It just doesn't. We mix this all in one big bag and we really lose sight. Like the 60s were awesome here. The 70s were grand. We had really strong political leaders like Richard Nixon and Jimmy Carter. Sometimes we have to deal with idiots. Most of the time. They're just called politicians. That's what they are. And most of the time they're not very good or very smart. Very self-serving. So we just have to keep dealing with them. But it doesn't change what corporate America, the corporate world, is doing. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. We appreciate you trying this out with us. This is a kind of fun adventure. I, I get to sit in here with Jennifer Stone and uh, enjoy this and get her feedback at the breaks. And, and you know, in the future, she's going to do some of these segments with me. So uh, no doubt about that. And she'll be coming in, continuing to do live programs, as I will as well. That's not. This is not overdone. We just thought we'd try something new, shake it up a little bit, okay? Hope you like it. And those of you who have been commenting, thank you. Please keep them coming. I really do appreciate your input very, very much. All right. So here's something that Jennifer wrote down at the last break, and I want to talk about that. We need to control what we can control. And that's so right. It's so true in investing. Um, it's true of everything in life. I, I, I know. I kind of see a lot of life in investing because they're both emotional encounters, right? We just tie a lot of emotion up in our money and in our lives as well. Uh, so, so both come from that place. But we all want to try to control, and we want to predict the market. We don't want the, our stock portfolios to go down. We want to be able to predict that. We want to predict what interest rates are going to do so we know when to get a loan. When should we refinance? I don't know. They might go lower. I should have refinanced. I don't know because now they're higher. Uh, I don't know if we should do an adjustable rate. Well, rates will come down. Will they? When 63% of the time economists are wrong on the direction of interest rates, I'm guessing that I don't have to guess. That's a bad idea. Let's plan for what we have in front of us, and if it gets better, groovy. If it doesn't, I've already dealt with it. So that's what I need. I don't want to do that on a hope and a prayer. I don't want to hope the market goes down or up or whatever bet I'm making. Just let it happen. Over time, the market goes up 10%. Not because you willed it that way, not because you controlled it that way, not because you zig and zag. It's just what it does. And it's out of your control. So we have to control ourselves. We Control what you can control is so true. It's the whole peace of mind thing. Why, why am I wrapping my mind and worries all around this thing on the, this box on the wall that screams and yells at me? I, I, I can choose to do that, but... I can't control it. I can then have to fight my own anger about it, or I can let a little in so I know what's going on, but I got to stop there and not let too much. Right? Got to not let too much. It is hard to do. We have to keep working at it. We all try to control things that we can't. We all worry about things that we can do nothing about. It's true. But it doesn't mean you sit around and take more of it in like you're getting bad information, so let's just read more bad information. So I get more wound up, and I get more certain about something I'm not sure about. 
what's going to happen with the market. Like, nobody's sure. I mean, it, it, you just can't imagine how many conversations are like, yeah, I know you can't time the market, but what do you think is going to happen? Okay? And like I said, and then people that have, like, like aren't in the finance business, not even close, like maybe they're plumbing. Nothing wrong with that, but why would I be, like, wanting to know or spending one moment thinking I know what the market's going to do? That's crazy, honestly. It's like I listened to a couple bullet points from some people right between the commercials uh, about gold on the radio, and I heard him say that they thought the market was going down. So it must be. Because why? Because one person had opinion. What about the guy that had the opinion it was going to go? I don't know. You just try to, we found, I want to kind of live with, since you can't control the market, let's think about what Warren Buffett has done over a 70-year period. I talk about it repeatedly, but it warrants repeating, especially when we can think about what we can control. So, Mr. Buffett, what do you think the market's going to do? I have never had an opinion about the market. We have no projection of what the market's going to do, and we never will. <sighs> there it is again. That's that big, deep breath that you go, huh. It, it, see, if, if I can let go of that, that's what we call peace of mind. I don't have to predict the future to do well with my investments. Oh, boy, really? Yeah, really. You, but, but you're a financial advisor. Don't you have to – you have a market opinion and stuff like that? No. And I'll tell you, this is honest truth. I just – I know I've talked about this before, but, I, I, again, it warrants talking about again, okay? And that is you have – you come into my office, and you're with J.P. Morgan, you're with Goldman Sachs, you're with whoever, Okay? And they're fairly new to maybe Petso Financial, okay? So they've just kind of come in. So would you like to know what our economic forecast is? Now, they're nice people. Normally, they've been kind of given a little bit of, please don't come in and talk about this or that, right? So you be a, I, I'm saying this in a nice way, okay? I say in a nice way to them, but very firm. No, I'm not interested in your economic outlook at all. Given that Wall Street is wrong 51% of the time, and in fact your outlook last year for one of those companies I mentioned was that the S&P would be at 3,200. It's over 4,200 now. Thank you. That was super, super duper helpful. I don't care what your economic outlook, what your opinion is about interest rates in the market. It doesn't matter. Now, if you want to talk about some insight into areas like credit spreads have really maxed out in this area over here, so we're really liking high yield or preferred stocks or something like that, we think there's an amazing opportunity over there. Or small caps are looking to really break out to us. They're just so cheap relative to da 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 Then that's some insight that I don't have to try to control what my thought is about what the future is in order to participate in that. That's insight. You know how much insight we get from portfolio managers and stuff like that? We actually get a lot, but you know why? Because we only talk to the ones that give us insight. Do I want to be on the call with the ABC funds? No, I, I, I don't. 
it's a waste of time. They're just trying to sell me on how smart they are about their fund, and it's okay if it's a good fund. People will listen. But you get the point. We've got to control what we control. All right? We've got to take a quick break. Right back. Hello. Welcome back to our special new thing we're doing here and some recordings, and we'll be live uh, again next week. I believe it's next week. Yeah, we'll be live, I think. If not, we'll try this for a couple weeks, but we'll be live most of the time. And, of course, Jennifer Stone will still be taking a few programs throughout the year. She likes it, enjoys doing it, keeps her sharp, and um, it, it just is. It's a fun thing to do. It's fun to have to think and think about what to share and what to educate you with. Okay? And you know what I've found? This is why your input is really, really important and helpful. Okay? Let us know what you want to talk about. What I'm talking about are things that I think people want to know, what people need to know. That's what... They need to understand some of these things way better than they do. They need to contemplate how their minds work against them to be good investors. They, they can't live 40 years. You can't watch people over a 20-year period or a 10-year period go from, well, what do you, I think about this, and I don't know, and I don't really know. I think we need a guarantee. I'm just really nervous about this and all, and I don't know if I'm going to outlive my money or not to. Well, I, I, frankly, I just don't even look at my accounts much anymore. I know I, I look every once a month, once a quarter. I, I just hardly ever look. I just, you know, you're like, who are you? Where did Bob go? Right? And you see that. And it's like, and I know, and I know some of you who are regular listeners and also clients of ours and are going, yeah, that's so true. It is so true. And you find peace over something you can't control. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. It's one of the things that makes us very, very happy every day. It really is. It's way better than even a, you know, a 100-point gain in the market. It's just really awesome when we see that in people. So it's a neat thing. And that's what we're thinking all the time. So if you have some stuff, let me know. That's when the questions come up and hang on to your questions. But here's the thing also. Write them down because when we come back next week to answer them, you won't remember what it was you wanted to ask. Okay? So write them down. We'll be back. All right. Now, I wanna, I'm going to shift gears here just a little bit, okay, for our last couple segments here, okay? This is part of this whole guessing game of the market that, that, if you will, makes no sense. It just truly doesn't, right? So what it is, is we're guessing about the market. And you'll hear people who have gotten it dead wrong, and they'll say something like, you know, well, it's really, <laughs> you know, it's only these seven stocks over here that did it. Okay. Okay, but, but still, the, that would be called the market. Those seven stocks may have done so well, that's great, and they're big, giant companies. Maybe the other 493 in the S&P 500 didn't do as good. But next time it around, it'll be seven different stocks, seven other stocks. And those companies are the biggest companies in the world. They're doing great, and they keep doing great, and people, that's because people want to own them. I mean, is Google going to stop being great anytime we can think of? I, I, don't, I, I don't. So if it goes down 20%, why don't we just buy some more? What? Oh, I missed it. And then it goes down 20%. I don't know. It looks like it might go down 25 Better not buy any. That's what people do because it gets in their head. It gets in their head. It's like it's this thing, this monolithic thing. So as we look at this market this year, and we see that the NASDAQ's up like 30% for the year. 30. It's ridiculous. It's up sky high. It's, it's, it's an amazing year. But the Dow's only up four. <sighs> yeah, I wish I owned that. But last year, it was the flip-flop of that. 
And next year will probably be a flip-flop of something else. I can't even make it up. You just don't know. But there's always going to be stuff within the market that isn't overpriced or has just become cheap. So I had a client said, hey, I, you know, we put some money in, and I had to look it up because it happened a little while ago. We put some money in, and or, uh, I'm sorry, no, we had made this incredible trade, and it, it, came, it was time to sell it, so we did. And it was one of those lucky ones. I actually shared it last week with you. And we had to reinvest some of it. But, you know, it's a pretty high market right now, and the values aren't all there. So we didn't put it all in the market. What we did was actually put all, all of it to work. It was like, I thought you were going to wait. Now, he wasn't complaining. He just was asking the question, hey, I thought, and then within a couple of days, I noticed you'd bought stuff. And I said, well, I, I'm going to have to look. And so I looked, and, and it's like, well, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. I bought those. I just added the three positions here that we liked at the time. That's all. The other, even though it was invested, is actually not in the market. Because now we can own bonds. We are. Until the market pulls back, we might own some more, we might not. But also, here's the bottom line point, without even having this discussion. This is transitioning now and could become an income-producing portfolio very soon. So now we need to be thinking different in terms of income. Not should we add more Google to a portfolio that when it pays no dividends. We want income producers. So this gave us a chance to dial back the market portion and turn it into income. And so we took that, that opportunity, and it actually went back to work. And so it was a great question. It was a great reminder that, you know, investing isn't monolithic. It isn't like we just took it out of the stock investment and put it right back in to the same thing. It's not even close to the same thing. It's the same dollars, not the same thing. See, most stocks are doing nothing, most all of the time. It's just a few of them that are running. Right now it's AI, artificial intelligence, which in fact is going to change the world in a most amazing and beautiful way. It's going to solve all the problems of the world, maybe before Terminator shows up. Or maybe it'll solve most all of the problems of the world, including people living to maybe 200 years old. I don't know how old we can live. I don't know how long the human body can live. That's not up to my decision. I know that my own eternity is not far away. But it's further away than it used to be for the average person. A lot further. And a lot healthier. And a lot more abundance. Abundance including sitting in front of that stupid box of misinformation and blowing your brains out every day and getting angry. Or you can turn on a cool movie, which really are amazing and stunning and multiple choices, I personally like watching animals eat animals, you know, so I watch like Animal Planet and stuff like that, silly stuff. Places I can't go, I won't ever see, deep sea, I, I, all those things fascinate me. I like watching documentaries. I like that. I like watching documentaries of musicians. It's fun. It's neat. It's great. People that are fan fascinating people. And I also like to just watch a good old bloody adventure movie, whatever, Okay. I don't watch a lot of movies. I like to do things. You might be more homebound. But it doesn't mean you have to spend your time in front of anger. And I don't think that helps. So it doesn't help our perspective to turn on more CNBC and think about the market as a monolithic thing. It doesn't help. It hurts. It hinders terribly, really terribly. That is not going to help you manage money to 
here or what you ought to buy, buy, buy and sell, 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 and then go to the options trading and the this, that. And then people, what are your market predictions? What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? I swear, as soon as somebody other than Warren Buffett comes on and goes, I don't have a market prediction. If I ever saw them on TV again, it would be a miracle. I don't know why they would be there. I've never heard anybody do that because they don't. If they think it sells commercials, so you have to do it. You have to do it. And that's the crazy thing about it. The NASDAQ's not the Dow. The market's not the market. Energy companies are doing great this year. Utilities aren't. Why? Well, interest rates are going up, and oil's going up, and I guess that makes it okay. But within the energy sector, not all the companies are doing well either. And yet it's one little sector. We think of it wrongly as monolithic, and there's lots of opportunities all of the time. All of the time. Bonds, stocks, everything doesn't trade in unison. And sometimes things are a bargain, like right now, even as the talking heads are telling you they're not. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. Thank you again for joining us. Back live next week. Hang on to those questions. Write them down so you don't forget. Or shoot us an email, petsofinancial.com. All right, so we've talked about optimism being the only realism and Trying to find peace of mind. Yep, that's the theme of the entire program. I think I could talk another hour about that because it fascinates me. It just fascinates me that we live in the most abundant time, the most abundant nation, the fairest nation, the nation with most opportunities for all people everywhere. And, and you think about that. And, we, and, we, and so many different avenues of thought talk all the time, you know, meaning, meaning so, many, so much of the media talks about racism, gender things. It's just like, it's like, what women aren't living better in America than anywhere ever in the history of the world? They are. Is it perfect? Probably not. I, I'm not a woman, so I, I've got to say, I, I think my wife thinks so. She thinks it's pretty great to be a woman. I'm, I'm glad about that. But it's still, it's just one of those things that I just look at and I go, okay, People being angry are angry, and they are, and I can't do a darn thing about it. But what I can say is that is clearly true is, well, why don't you go to Africa if you're so unhappy? Why don't you try Central America? But for gosh sakes, even regarding that, we've got to do something about this, the, what's going on in the border with the sex trade and the women are just being abused like heck. It's not in this country, but now it's coming to this country, and I think it's just one of those things that we really do need to talk about that and not make it a political statement about the border, for crying out loud. So do we have problems? Of course we do. We're also the greatest nation by far. It's not even close. And I'll just mention this again. 5% of the world's population has 25% of the world's GDP. We are the economic engine of the world. We're the innovators and creators of the world. We are truly special. Something is different about us. Rule of law, freedom of markets, all of those things. But it's more. It's in our DNA. We are achievers. We're growers. And I know there's a sense of things going wrong. But until they do really go wrong, not in the process, not irretrievable, if we get to irretrievable, I get it. But we're not. We're not even close. And this idea we continue every single news cycle to come up with another reason why a bunch of 
lunatic madmen in the world are going to get together and create a new currency that's going to take us down. I just just cannot believe that this goes for – I mean, wait, why do people stop – they leave their brains at the door when they go online. I swear to goodness sometimes. It's just unbelievable. It is truly remarkable. So back to something that Jennifer said at the break here. Control what you can control. And one of the things I really want to leave our, our thoughts with here is since we don't know what the future is going to be, quit trying to think about it so much that it affects you and your investing. Leave it alone. Quit trying to figure out what the market's going to do since you can't. You were wrong in January of this year, and you doubled down wrong in February and March. And all the way to June until finally, maybe you, but most of Wall Street skeptics that were bearish at the beginning of the year and the end of last year, because that was really easy to be bearish at the end of last year. Market was going down. Why couldn't you just say, yeah, it's going to keep going down? And it's not going to get better this year because they're raising interest rates. It's all about the Fed. Fed, 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 Fed. All about the Fed. It's not about earnings or anything. It's not about future improvements in technology and profitability and productivity. None of that. No, it's the Fed. And so that's what we babble about every single day. And it really is babble. And then those geniuses in June changed their mind. And they said, yep, well, our bad. We were really bearish, and now we're really bullish. Super helpful. And then the market, of course, did its immediate 5% correction and went down. This is what accounts for Wall Street analysis and forecasting. And they pay people millions and millions and millions of dollars a year for that great advice. It's not great advice, and you don't need to do that. We don't need to do that at all. We can control what we control, can control. That's us. Control your own emotions. Don't When a good portfolio that's working and drawing income is doing what it should do, then there is no reason to look at the price and worry about it. Price is temporary. Were you good? Let's suppose it was up. Were you going to then sell it out? Or is it just something you feel good about? You weren't going to sell. And you're not going to sell now because it's down 10%. It's a silly number on the page. If your dividends are increasing every year by three times the rate of inflation, which is what the S&P 500 has done for the last 70 years. This is not like new rocket science, folks. It's, it's like automatic. This works. This other stuff doesn't. Why are we spending our time on the other stuff and allowing it to control our brains? So what you can control are the inputs in your life. I know there's certain things that are, we're built around that we can't control that might be good. You know, my things aren't your things. But I got my things that I'm not very good about. You got your things you're not good about. And for most people, that's just sitting down and not worrying about the market. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. We all got our things. But the market can take care of itself, and you can't control it anyway. So worrying about it is not going to give you another day in your life or another dollar in your account. It really won't. It doesn't help. And so the sooner we can remind ourselves of that and move past that, the happier we will be, the bigger our portfolios will be. I promise. It's really true. And every single study by every company over every single decade proves it. The more you trade the more you lose. The more you think, the worse you do. 
The best performers remember, it sounds funny, Fidelity did a study. It's not the people that have a PhD. It's not women. It's not men. It's people who forgot they had an account or are dead. They're the best performers because they leave it alone. Please do and have a beautiful day.